Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Liam Merrill. Now for the second day in a row in the same room, rare event as Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. How are we all doing today? <laughs> that was a loaded question. <laughs> Craig, 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 that's yeah. a loaded question. Yeah, you know, that hip oh, surgery. I tell you what, you're not ready to get back on the ice today. You're still day to day. Day to day with a lower body. Lower injury. body. I felt a lot better yesterday than I do today. Yeah. So I, I feel, like, to say I feel that. like that's always how it goes. You get a false sense of hope. Mm-hmm. You feel so much better. Hard. Yeah, I know. I can't believe you're even here. But he's got work. a free pass. He could just sit at home. Yeah, I would. <laughs> you know when I'm cashing in that pre-pass, buddy? I know. Yeah. When we're moving. When we move to the new offices. Yeah, fair enough. Out. I've been planning that in my head, by the way, the, the new move. Like, I'm trying to think what are the lighter things I can carry. Because <laughs> I told that to I, the management here. I said, I'm not carrying couches and chairs. I said, we have way too many young people. here. So, yeah, that's And you're fair. one of those people, Leah. Yeah, but there's <laughs> enough men in this office. I would think so. But. That's when all of a sudden, like... I'm like, oh, I'm a woman. You guys can do this. Yeah, pull that card. Um, Yeah, Frank and Damien, the former NFL players. How about that? I mean, they should. If they come, then heavy lifting is taken care of. I hope so. We know DP, Shonda Paz. Well, he's supposedly the most athletic, so I'd love to see him. And the fittest guy in the office. Well, it's Tuesday today. It is Tuesday. I missed last week's Trade Talk Tuesday, so we're all back Did I do that by myself? Did I do ad reads and stuff? Yeah. You did? Look at you. How about that? And they didn't cancel us. I got them all in. You did? And we were going to do this trade last week because it was literally almost a year exactly since this trade went down. But I insisted I wanted to be on this one. Um, but the trade we're going to break down today pain. is the Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland trade that went down July 23rd, 2021. So it's very recent in everyone's memories and everyone's hearts because this one <laughs> hurt a lot of Coyotes fans. I know for sure. So just from a overarching view, the Coyotes traded Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland to the Vancouver Canucks for Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, a 2021 first round pick, a 2022 second round pick, and a 2023 seventh round pick. Let's start by just setting the stage for what led up to this moment and led up to these two being traded? Yeah, it was Bill Armstrong's first year on the job was a year of evaluation, evaluating every level 
of hockey operations from management all the way down to the players to see what he liked, to see what needed changing. And after that year, the Coyotes made the decision to just tear it down like we've never seen before. And part of that meant trading away some of the big contracts, some of the players who were paid well, some of the popular players, including a guy who had been the captain. Um, and that had its own controversy with Oliver ekman Larson. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, actually, with this <laughs> trade, particularly with OEL. You you have the face value needing to strip th- things down and acquire draft assets. That's what Bill wanted to do. Oliver ekman Larson's contract was going to be very difficult to move because he just hasn't been the player that he was earlier in his career. Really, the, the middle part of this past decade was the height of his career, and it's been a steady decline ever since. But more than that, you know, that contract that John Chike assigned him to, the eight-year extension, which they did at the time because the Kites had to prove that they were going to pay that kind of money to keep good players to prove that they were a legitimate organization. You've heard that around here many times in the past. But it was a concerning contract given his age and given the trend of his career even before he signed that contract. Well, it became even more problematic when you have a new ownership group and a new management group that were not fond of that contract at all. The the Morellos were not fond of Oliver, Oliver ekman Larson's contract. And it became a real contentious point um, to the point where there were there were a lot of angry conversations with his agent, Kevin Epp. Um, there was a lot of bad blood there. And it, it it's hard to uh it's hard to fathom all that when and PD, you can speak to this when you know Oliver ekman Larson. Like there's just not a mean bone in the guy's body. He's one of the best human beings I've ever met. But the bottom line is you get paid for your performance. Oliver wasn't performing. He was really underperforming. So they were hell-bent on moving him. To do that, you got to give up a really popular player like Connor Garland, who had just had you know his best couple seasons. I mean, finally made it to the pros. People loved watching this guy play. But that was the price you had to pay to get Oliver ekman Larson's contract off the books and jumpstart this rebuild. Plus, you get, you know, you throw in a, a first round draft pick that turned into Dylan Gunther. It's a pretty good deal, but that's all the backdrop. I'll let you guys go. Yeah, but you look at Oliver Ekman Larson at the time. And that's what this trade, to your point, really comes down to. This is about Oliver. This is about alleviating that cap space for this team and getting that contract off the books. There's no arguing what Oliver Ekman Larson meant to this franchise as a captain as a leader, as a player, as a defenseman, all of those things are true. They needed to get rid of that money in a time when they're not going to win for years. You can't have a player making over $8 million a year providing what he did offensively. And you look at his best years as a Coyote were his first two or three when he was still young. You look at the 2012 playoff run and he make, plays 82 games, 16 games in the playoffs. Like he was a huge he was part of the playoffs, right? He was yes. like three mi- more minutes than anybody else on the team. As, as a young player, and he was critical moments and he, you look at that player when he was paired with all Reckman or excuse me with Keith Yandel as a pair offensively the way they moved on the power play the way he could move the puck out of the corners and get the puck up the ice Oliver Ekman Larson was an elite puck mover early in his career unfortunately as the years went on his production went down his ability to get himself out of danger went down got injured and things changed for him. And you never saw that spark from Oliver ekman Larson like you did in the early years. And I remember being in the coach's room with Rick Tockett. And he would question 
what Oliver Ekman Larson could be. Not not negatively, but he didn't he wasn't there for the early Oliver Ekman Larson. So we'd show film and I go, that's the Oliver we know. And and I tried to show this is what he can be in this league. And unfortunately, he just never got back to that plateau where he was when he was younger. And I don't know really what happened. He had some things happen off the ice that might have affected him on the ice. Um I don't know if the lockout, the shortened games, the injuries, but he was just never the same player again. And talk about a good person, without question. He, he's he was a captain of this team. He's a leader, well liked in the room, well liked everywhere. He's a great human being. He just didn't fit into the plans. So yeah. it was time to move on. And I, I still hope it all clicks for him. It just it just hasn't. He hasn't had that spark. His career just didn't take off in the trajectory trajectory I thought it would. Yeah. Even even in two years, 2014, 15, 15, 16, Oliver Ekman Larson scores more than 20 goals as a defenseman, 23 and 21. 2015, 2016, he has 55 points and gets absolutely robbed in Norris Trophy voting yes. with the season he had. He absolutely should have been a finalist that year. He was unbelievable that year. But then you talked about the stuff that started happening. His mother died. And that was, I, I can't, I can't emphasize how important that was in his life enough you you know every everybody loses parents at some point his mom was so important to him and so important to shaping who he was as a human being and i'll i'll even say i'll even go ahead and say this because he said it to me he's a very sensitive human being very caring sometimes it's hard for him to be that rah rah you need to do this kind of leader in the locker room and i think it hurt him as a captain at times because his mom taught him to be such a sensitive soul. And when he lost her, man, it just it just rocked him. And then you have the other things happening. You have the knee injury. You have Dave Tippett leaving the organization, the coach that believed in him and, and helped him reach NHL maturity. And then you, you bring in a new coach who, as you mentioned, I don't think Rick Tockett ever fully believed in Oliver Ekman Larson. You bring in an ownership group that definitely didn't believe in Oliver Ekman Larson. That's a lot of stuff to throw at a guy who, again, He's a sensitive soul, so it it never really worked. Oliver needs to be Oliver. Somebody in the organization told me this. Oliver needs to be loved. He needs to be made to feel important. And maybe you think, oh, that's ridiculous for a professional athlete. But you know what? If you're a coach or a manager, you have to learn how to manage different personalities to bring out the most in them. And I don't think that happened in the latter years of Oliver Ekman Larson's career. And then you couple the other things, the loss of his mom, the change in ownership, it just all led to, you know, this downfall of a guy who we were certain was going to be in the ring of honor and be here, finish his career as a coyote. And now he's gone. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, we've already touched on it all, but he was, you know, a, a six overall draft pick. He yeah. had an amazing start to his career. Like you said, he was robbed of the Norris voting. And that to me is just, you know, people don't pay attention to this market. If he was in any other market, he possibly would have been a nominee. Um, and and he was beloved by the fans. I mean, what's not to like? And we should shouldn't skirt over the fact that not only was he a captain in this team, he's the first captain after Shane Doan, yeah. who's, you know, Tough act to follow. <laughs> exactly. A extremely tough act to follow. And I don't think, at least from the pan the fan point of view, from what I can remember, anyone ever second guessed that he should have been the captain. He was the obvious kind of next choice. So it's really unfortunate to see how his career went 
down. And I think by the time he was moved, obviously there was the whole drama of the year before where everyone thought he might have been moved then. He stayed, you know, one more year. So I think at least from the fan point of view, when he did move, it wasn't too much of a shock. It wasn't too much. I mean, it it is upsetting, but I think everyone kind of had mourned that loss before it happened, in Mm -hmm. a sense. I think the bigger shock for fans was Connor Garland because I think everybody knew Oliver Ekman Larson needed to move. He needed to go. It wasn't right, et cetera. But when Connor Garland's name was all of a sudden part of this trade, that was the moment that fans realized the rebuild. Was. Wow, it's going to be ugly here. And I think also a lot of fans thought Connor Garland, okay, yes, the team's rebuilding, but he's a young player. He, you know, just started to pick up in his career. And much like we now look at, you know, Clayton Keller and Lawson Kraus, who we hope would be part of the team when it comes out of the other side of the rebuild. I think a lot of fans thought that Connor Garland was going to be part of that core. So when he all of a sudden was leaving, it was a huge, huge shock. Yeah, and, and I want to touch on that because there, there's a lot to that as well. Just one more thing on OEL, though. When you look at that transition uh, and, and his him, him following Shane Doan in the captaincy, well, it, it didn't happen right away, if you remember. They went captainless for yes. a year because Rick Tockett's coming in as a new coach. And as is his right as a coach, he needs to evaluate his personnel before he decides who the leaders in the room are. Um, that process was botched by John Chica, the GM, who basically anointed Oliver the captain when they signed him to that new contract. That's that's not a GM's place. Everyone assumed it was going to be Oliver, so maybe it wasn't a big stretch, but you, you need to let the coach come in and make that d- determination. And I think that year where Oliver didn't get the captaincy – I, I don't think it. I know it hurt the relationship between Rick Tockett and Oliver ekman Larson, and there was never that trust factor established between those two guys like there was with Dave Tippett. Um, but getting back to Connor Garland, I think the thing that stings the most about Garland, he did everything right. He did everything you want a guy to do in an organization. He spent more than his time in the AHL. He reshaped his entire game from a perimeter player who loved to dangle with the puck to a guy who, you remember when he got called up, he scored all his goals by going right to the net, despite the fact that he's my height. He did everything they asked of him. He worked hard. He was exciting to watch. He was the future. He's exactly what you want your organization to represent. And yet you're moving on from him. So people are like, what the heck's going on here? The one problem with Connor Garland, was his age. It just didn't figure into the Coyotes' future plans. And then when you're trying to move an albatross of a contract like OEL had, that's the price you have to pay. You have to give up a piece like Connor Garland to get that contract off the books. And even then, no, you start talking about the contract discussions that Connor Garland was having with the team at the time and what his expectations were. Hey, I'm, I'm my numbers are better than Clayton Keller's numbers. So I want Clayton Keller money. Which was never going to happen, but they knew that privately, right? Sure, but but they have to throw it on the table because yeah. that's the comparables. Yeah. So I think that could have become an issue too. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, hey, if they could have got rid of Oliver Ekman's contract without trading Connor Garland, they would have. They would have kept him on this roster. He's a driving force in the locker room and on the ice they would have if they could have they couldn't so he had to be a part of the package to get the oliver contract on and we've seen through the rebuild they're not trying to win yeah so it doesn't matter who 
the 20 players are you put on the ice. And I know why I don't want to marginalize that, but it really doesn't. You just yeah. need to have 20 NHL players, throw them on the ice. Look at the guys that got in return. Beagle, Russell, and Erickson. They filled a sweater for t- for the majority of the season. It's even. tough when you strip it down to that, isn't it? Yeah. And and, and they didn't go after, hey, we got to get Beagle. He's a great player here. Did a lot of good things. Roussel did a lot of good things here. Erickson was a, was a fill-in piece and out of the lineup. But they didn't actively pursue those players and going, hey, we really want those assets. They were being dumped by Vancouver because they needed to get their contracts off their books and get them moved out. So did Connor Garland really matter here? Like, did it matter? The answer, On the ice, not. no. Yeah. I think it was everything else that mattered. And I think it was also surprising because Garland was protected in the expansion draft that also happened. And obviously that could have been so that he could have been part of a deal and wouldn't have been, you know, poached by Seattle. But I just think what Connor Garland meant to this, to the the fans of this organization, he did his time in Tucson. He was a hundred drafted 123rd overall and made the NHL and he's a smaller player. Like he just, he defied all odds to me. He represents like what coyotes hockey is, which is, this NHL team in the desert that everybody expects to fail. And Connor Garland is kind of the personification of the coyotes. So when he left, that was, it was just ripping the heart out of a lot of fans. I had friends who were season ticket holders who said, forget about the rebuild. They knew the rebuild was coming, who threatened to not renew their season tickets because Connor Garland left. Like that's how much of an impact this had on, on fans. That to me was the bigger piece which is crazy to think given what oel meant to this organization and that he was the captain and what he accomplished but i just think because connor oel we knew was at the back nine possibly hopefully he has a resurgence but connor garland was just getting there and mm. i think that was the thing that w- was the hardest thing to come to terms with he could have been a face right to, to bridge yeah. the gap a face that people love playing though fine you're still going to lose games fine is connor garland going to win you a lot of games with Maybe when you one or two, but he's he's not going to make that much of a difference with the roster that they're going to field. So, yeah, it could have been a face to make people happy while they endured yet another rebuild and more bad Coyotes hockey. But again, as as we all just said, that was the price you had to pay to get rid of what was, in the end, a really bad contract for OEL. Yep. Well, it's only been a year. Before we dive more into what the Coyotes got and evaluate that um one of the pieces in return of course was the 2021 first round pick that turned into dylan gunther and i remember that all going down so fast because it was like right before the draft and we were thinking oh the coyotes don't even have a first round pick and then they all of a sudden had one and not just one they had a top 10 pick so that was all exciting um and dylan gunther we said yesterday unfortunately doesn't seem like he's gonna or not doesn't seem like he will not be playing in the world juniors but team canada did announce their roster so that's exciting we're excited about the world juniors we'll dive more into that next week but if you want to bet on the world juniors <laughs> you can do that on the DraftKings sportsbook app already um, so get in get your money in now while there's still odds before everything starts before the game starts lock in the odds download the DraftKings sportsbook app now if you haven't already use the promo code phnx make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars that's promo code phnx only at DraftKings sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details all right now going to what the coyotes received we talked about russell erickson beagle and 
in in change Gunther. The 2022 second round pick that the Coyotes received was then traded to the Minnesota Wild as part of the Jack McBain trade. So it's always funny to see how the trade trees go. And then the 2023 seventh round pick that the Coyotes received was traded to Florida as part of the deal for Anton Strawman, Vladislav Kolyachanuk, and a 2024 second round pick. So there's still TBD on some of this trade tree, but already some pieces that we can see in place with McBain, who we got to see in a Coyotes sweater last season, um, Strawman, of course, and then, you know, everyone's really excited about Dylan Gunther. I don't think Roussel, Erickson, or Beagle, none of them are coming back. Yeah, so. and you look at those three guys, too. Again, they filled a role. Yeah. They, they killed penalties. They ran out of the lineup. Combined, combined between the three, they had eight goals. Combined. This clearly wasn't helped improve the hockey club. And all three of those players will not be returning for this upcoming season. But what you net out of this, you talk about Jack McBain, who joined the team late last year after his college season was over at BC, gets two goals in 10 games, big physical guy gets to the net. I think there's an upside with Jack McBain. I think that's a positive asset for years to come. You look at Dylan Gunther. Yeah, he's probably the most exciting prospect. Well, up until this year's draft, but. He's one of the most exciting prospects yeah, I think in this his upside, organization. His upside yeah. was high. Like the bar is set high for Dylan Gunther right now. I know he's oh. hurt right now, but that's set high. And then you look at the second round pick in 2024. Who knows? So way too early to judge this. But if you're trying to get rid of Oliver Ekman Larson's contract, and that was the sole point of this whole thing was to get rid of his contract, losing Connor Garland nets you Dylan Gunther, Jack McBain, and a second overall pick. Cleo and Cole Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what his and, and that second round pick. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know. That, that's pretty, pretty good. Positive. Right now it looks pretty good. I, I think mean, it's a pretty positive. Again, move. like you said, PD, we don't know how these players are gonna pan out, but everything so far with Dylan Gunther is tracking as a first line goal scoring wing. Yeah. And and that goes to the point of what Bill Armstrong's been trying to do in this rebuild. Patchwork a lineup to get you through until you've got a new building. Until you've, you're ready to win, and these draft books have gone through the the process of becoming NHL players, and that's what Russell Erickson and Beagle provided. They filled stop gaps. They were able to fill a sweater for 82 games. You know, between the three of them, they they barely made it to 82 games. <laughs> but but the point is, they made it through last season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those contracts are now off the books. That gives them more cap space. And at the end of the day, you're still sitting there with Jack McBain, Dylan Gunther, and a second round pick. Having said all of that, I think for the future of the organization, it was a move you had to endure. You had to lose a positive piece in Garland and OEL to get through to the other side. And I still think that McBain and Gunther and who knows what the second round pick, I think it's, I think the future is bright with those players. And like Craig alluded to earlier, you know, Connor Garland is 26. So instead of having a 26 year old that when Bill Armstrong said five years that he'll be third, you know, over 30, you'd have, instead you have, you know, players in their early twenties and that's what you want. And we've taught, it's all about the future. So it makes sense. This was kind of therapeutic for me because the Connor Garland trade, it it was hard. hard. It was really hard. And and I was in, I worked for the Roadrunners when Connor Garland was on the Roadrunners, like he was beloved there too. Um, But just to think about it in these terms of, you're putting the pieces in place for the future and Connor Garland likely wouldn't have been part of that plan. And now to see the return that you got for him and OEL's contract, it, it's a net positive, I think for now. We'll see. 
as a beat writer, you try not to get attached to players. You gotta, you have to keep a certain amount of detachment. You are a coach, so you couldn't help but develop a relationship with these guys. But there are certain guys when they move out, you you, you can't imagine going to the rink the next year and not seeing that face that you've seen. Obviously, when Shane Doan got corporately fired, that was one moment where it was like, "Wow, this is this is going to be completely different." When Keith Yandel got traded, it's another example of it. But to watch Oliver, who again we both got to know really well, is just a good soul, and Connor Garland go in the same trade. Connor Garland, from a storytelling standpoint, maybe my favorite player that I've ever covered because. First of all, when you talk to him, he was completely engaged and it wasn't cliches. It was details about what he was doing. Every summer, he had a new program, a new way to improve his game, and he would dive into it. He'd send me photos of that that shooting, whatever, that raised platform that he built in his backyard back in Massachusetts. Every summer, he had a detailed plan. He'd get me all the people to talk to and we'd talk. He was just a fascinating player to me. And then his path to the NHL to completely remake your game and achieve what he did to lose those two guys in one trade. It was, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to come back from. And, and especially when you're looking forward to what last season became, it changed the face of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, those were the guys that you referenced when you thought of the Arizona coyotes and you know what? It was a dawn of a new era and that's where we are right now. Again, would it have made a difference if they stayed? Probably not. I mean, it wasn't, they, they weren't providing enough offense, and this is the path that they were going to take. But I thought when they left, there was still hope of the playoffs. Like they'd made through the bubble playoffs. And you go, okay, the next year they battled for a playoff spot up until the last two weeks. And you still thought that the goal was making the playoffs. That's what this franchise was trying to do. You trade those two guys and you realize, okay, that is no longer the plan. We're not trying to make the playoffs here as an organization anymore. You're just trying to uh, to get draft picks and build for the future. So as hard as it was, it turned the page on what this franchise yeah. was becoming. It was kind of, that was the 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 moment that the rebuild but like fully began. And that same thing happened earlier, early 2000s when you trade Kachuk and Roanoke, you go, yeah. oh, turn the page again. And when you turn that page, it's hard because it, whether you're a fan, a player, or you work for the organization, you, you're, you're hoping, you're always hoping for that next year, you hope. And then you trade some really good players and you go, okay, we're starting over and that hope is gone. Like that's the hard part. I mean, yep. I know we've talked about Miring in that eighth to 12th spot and you're not good enough to be good in the playoffs. You're not bad enough to get good draft picks. And that's where this franchise always has been with all of Reckman, Larson and Connor Garland. You were still in that yet hope you might make the playoffs. You might. And I think their last season when they, they battled it out right till the end, you go, we franchise might make the playoffs you lose them and you go, there's no chance no. of making the playoffs. And then, and that's, again, it, it's hard to be sitting here in August going, well, this team's not making the playoffs in 2023. That's hard. That's yeah. hard. We're sitting here, you know, nine, 10, 11 months from now going, well, we already know they're not making the playoffs and everybody's okay with that. That's really hard. It's hard as a fan. It's hard doing what we do to cover the team, knowing that the team's not making the playoffs. That's hard to do. Last question for me before I'm done. OEL, um, who they by the way they retain salary. They they owe nine hundred ninety thousand dollars every year for the remainder of his contract. Does he belong in the Ring of Honor? In your guys' opinion, that's hard. I mean, it's hard because he checks a lot of the boxes. Just don't know if he checks them all. 
um, be the first captain not there. Oh, wow. It's a very true statement. Yeah, because Teppo. Teppo's a guy. I, I don't know. When you look at the franchise numbers by a defenseman, Oliver leads all categories. Having said that, statistically, goals, points, power play goals, games played, all of those things here in Arizona are all Ekman Larson. So the answer is yes. I say yes also. I think just if you erase all of the outside stuff, and obviously his last few seasons here weren't super productive, but if you just erase all of the outside noise and just look at what he accomplished and and his captaincy, like, boosts him up a lot but mm -hmm. i think that that and all of his accomplishments in his prime years and all the records he holds that the off-ice stuff too yeah and like, his, and his contributions tires, to the community. Was he in the community yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and and you know like not being around the bush there's a lot of people in this market who don't couldn't name more than one person on the coyotes <laughs> and after shane doan was off the team Oliver Ekman Larson, when you had asked anyone on the street, can you name one person on the Coyotes? It was Oliver Ekman Larson. He was the face of the franchise for a it's while. It's a shame that his best years came in a kind of a dark period for the Coyotes where they just weren't any good. So nobody appreciated just how good a player he was for a four-year stretch. Like I know certain local media members bash him endlessly. They don't know. They didn't watch. They weren't there to see just how good he was for a segment of his career. Yeah, and you're talking about those years, Craig. He was elite. Yeah. And I remember when he first came in, and he was a slight guy. He wasn't very big, but he'd go into the corner with players, and you're going to go, oh, my gosh, you're going to get smoked into row J. But he'd come out with the puck. He'd mm -hmm. avoid the hit. He'd come out with the puck, and he'd make a great pass. His confidence with the puck was high-end, high-level those first few years. And over time, that kind of waned. And I'm not sure exactly why. I don't know if all the things we talked about off the ice affected that, but it just, you always wanted more out of Oliver because you'd seen it. Yeah. You'd seen that elite talent. And I still hope he finds it. And he may never find that again. And, um, you know, I don't know if he plays till the end of his contract. Who knows? Who knows? But as a person, as a player, as a guy in the locker room, you want Oliver Ekman Larson on your team. Yeah. And Craig, you are right. He should be on the Ring of Honor. Used to also come down to Tucson multiple times in the year to watch his oh, brother. Oh, watch his play. brother. Yeah. Yeah. So he and he would just like be in the crowd just by you know by himself. Really nice. I'd see him talking to little kids and stuff. So yeah, just a just a great guy. It was so funny. I've been sitting here thinking, imagine if Page and X was around when this trade went down. Like we would have had to do an emergency show. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> crazy, crazy to think about what that would have been like. But we're here now. So we hope that if you're not already that you join our family, become a member at gophnx.com so you can read all of Craig's wonderful writing as well as the writing of all the other writers here at PHNX. We got D-backs trade deadline is today or MLB trade deadline is today. So you got Jesse Friedman on D-backs. We got Cardinals training camp going on right now. So there's, even though it's quiet for the or the Coyotes offseason, there's a lot happening um, and you want to become a member today, get access to the members-only Discord, as well as discounts in the PHNX locker. So check that out if you haven't already. Did you have something you want to say? Oh, okay. Um, so become a member at gophnx.com. Join the family. It's, it's a fun time for sure. Craig, what's the first four peaks you're going to drink when you're able to drink again? 
<laughs> I don't know. The oatmeal but, stout? I feel like by the time we get there, yeah, um, the pumpkin porter might be. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, you can actually buy it in bottles yeah. at Four Peaks. That might be it. Yeah. It'll be between the pumpkin porter, the oatmeal stout, and the wow, because it's still going to be hot out, let's be honest. I know. It's <laughs> it's always, you get to October and you're like, we finally made it. It's still mm. 90 degrees every day. Right. But at least the, the, the lows cooled down. Um, yeah. Well, Craig, I'll drink some Four Peaks in your honor, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. <laughs> um, and right now we are still... We need our new winner of the next Toast of the Month sweepstakes. Sweepstakes. There you go. Enter the Toast of the Month sweepstakes to win a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. That's a great deal. And literally, it's so easy to enter. So just go to gophnx.com or click, click on the link in the show notes. And to enjoy Four Peaks, you must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly. Any uh, final notes? Well, we didn't say who won the trade. Honestly, I mean, looking I, at, I gotta say, the Coyotes won this. The Coyotes trade. win. It's a it's a thumbs up for me. Look, the Canucks so are trying to move Connor Garland. Connor Garland, yep. which is crazy, and, and, and they're OEL, still out of the contract. Oh, yeah, OEL's just gonna. I mean, you can't move that contract. Yeah, you don't know where McBain <laughs> and Gunther like, are gonna end. Like, I I don't know how Bill moved that contract. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how he moved that. Con- I had so many people in the league tell me you'll never move that contract, and he did. And at the, the end of the day. The that's what it was about. Yeah. And so and just it. that alone, getting that contract off the books, it's a win for the Coyotes. And then adding McBain and Gunther. And OEL got to go somewhere he wanted to go because yep. he also had, had some say. And he definitely had And some that say. makes it way harder for the Coyotes to do, especially Bill Armstrong, who came in and didn't have that years-long relationship with if OEL. that GM situation were different in Vancouver, if Jim Benning wasn't there, yeah. that trade doesn't happen. Yeah. So crazy. I think so timing it. matters too. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting. Well, we're moving to our new office, like we've said uh, in a couple weeks. Craig, <laughs> Craig knows he's gonna take a few days off then. Oh, really? Um, but moving, we need some decor, and we we have a lot of bobbleheads in this office. But I think we need some more. So I'm probably gonna check out Foco because they're the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. They've got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They have. Tons of coyote stuff I've looked on their website. Um, they've officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs. So head on over to Foco. That's foco.com. Just saying. Listen, they're back. Buddy, I'm getting to the point where I might move back to crocs. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Sean DePaz is a big fan of crocs. Yeah, so. and he's fashionable. I'd say he's very fashionable. So he would tell us he's very I was just yeah, gonna I say mean, yeah I don't need to tell him that oh my gosh um so head on over to foco.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off um we have a big day ahead of us we're really excited we're about to literally after we finish recording we're heading down to asu's campus and we're going to tour the multi-purpose arena yeah, looking forward to that. the ice is the test ice is down. We're going to see the, what the team space is. We'll see the, the stands, the student section. So we're going to film some video, kind of get a sense of what to expect going to a Coyotes game next year, what the Coyotes and the visiting teams can expect going next year. And obviously it's not complete yet, but we'll put on our hard hats and get some video. And then tomorrow's show, we're going to tell you pretty, tell you and show you what we saw. So really excited about that. So be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. I'll tune in tomorrow at 11 a.m. for that. And also follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes and follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms because we'll have some inside looks at the multipurpose arena because I think this is one of the biggest mysteries 
across the whole NHL. I think every single person, you know, they might talk all their shit about the Coyotes in this <laughs> arena, but everyone wants to see a game yep. in this arena. Yep. And everyone wants Can't to wait. experience. And we'll look at the press box too. So the visiting press can know what they're, uh, what they're looking at. So we're really excited. Please follow us on Twitter. We want to hit 4,000 followers. Um, we're a couple hundred away. So share with your friends. If you know any Coyotes fans, hockey fans, um, we have Coyotes content five days a week, even though it's August. We still got it. So please uh, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Follow each of us on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, at Leah Merrill, and at S. Peters Hockey. We'll be back tomorrow live at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone.